I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Eric, just finishing up your career at Syracuse, just what this has meant to you. You know, you fought to get to a bowl game. You fought to win a bowl game. Just everything in this moment. Just what's going through your mind? I mean, it's kind of starting to hit me now. Um, I'm just very thankful. You know, I've been through a lot. (sighs) To have Coach Babers believe in me. It just means a lot, you know, Coach Schaefer brought me in here originally. Oh, all I want to do is compete. I know. Uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get grief for crying, man, but been through a lot here. I'm just all I can say I'm I'm very thankful. Uh, couldn't be more proud of the 2018 seniors to end in this fashion uh, against a rival opponent with us historically that goes so far back in our history. And to win the type of game that we won, you know, it wasn't like those other games that we've been watching for the last two days. Senior class is unbelievable. Senior class will be itched in stone. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to say this with, you know, with all the tax problems we're having in this United States, but I'm not sure they're going to pay for anything for the rest of their lives in the state of New York or anywhere close to Syracuse in the county. I mean, these guys really did some amazing, amazing things. When it comes to Eric Dungy, the tall tales are true. The stories are true. You know, we're going to be telling them for a very long time, and after 10 or 15 years, people are going to be calling bologna cheese that there's no way that he threw an interception and ripped the ball out of a defensive lineman's hand and got the ball back for a first and 10, or that he got moved left, moved right, moved left, and found Mo Neal down the middle for a huge play that changed the game. The guy is amazing, and he has he has the heart of a lion. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a platform. So... The intro was a little long, I know, but I thought there was so much good stuff. I had to play it all. The emotion of Dungy, just, I'm sure everybody's seen it, but just awesome. Um, An awesome night for Syracuse. 
They have their first 10-win season in 17 years, only the 10th in team history, and they did it so by becoming Camping World Bowl champions, beating West Virginia 34-18 in front of 41,125 fans. Joe repped the Cuse Militia out there in Orlando yes, and on ESPN. He repped the Cuse Militia on ESPN. So <laughs> proud of him for that. So a special team with a special quarterback. Uh, you'll hear from us. We'll hear from you. But first, there are still bowl games left. And uh, you don't want to be that bum sitting around with all your friends and, and your relatives watching these bowl games and not having any skin in the game. Um, you know, it's the best time of year. Bowl season, heading into a basketball season. Make sure you're ready for daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Uh, where you bet on is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during the bowl season, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Join MyBookie today, and they will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the rest of this bowl season. Use promo code code QS25 when you deposit to activate that offer. That's promo code QS25 at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay. So, Joe. Who? Yes. Um 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 we won. Y- you know, I, yeah, it was um I mean, well, let's let's start here. Let's start awesome. here. <laughs> it took you 12 hours. You said uh, you, you, 12 and a half, 12 and a half hours to do an eight and a half hour trip from Raleigh to Orlando. Right. And uh, uh, no thanks to 95 in the Carolinas. <laughs> and you got there, you got there, got in the hotel, kind of laid low a little bit. Maybe, uh, maybe not too much, but a little bit. And um, <sighs> you spent the whole day there. So how was it? How was the crowd? Um, what was the ratio inside the inside the facility, inside the um well, it was good. It was, it was we had fun. We uh, we went down to the well downtown Orlando around eleven thirty uh twelve and um went to a bar down there, went down to the the bar that's actually the uh, the Orlando, I think it's the Orlando City the third soccer team they have down there, and I guess they have like a soccer bar down there. Oh that sounds um, that sounds boring. Go no, on. <laughs> well, I mean there was I mean there was uh, another bar across the street that had some West Virginia guys. We look over and we see some orange shirts at the bar, so we went in that one, and, and it, it was funny because it pretty much ended up being that that bar was filled with Syracuse fans, and then the other bar was filled with West Virginia fans because everyone kind of saw it. You saw the West Virginia fans kind of walk by, see the orange, and then look next door and go over there. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was kind of, sure. sure. you know, ran into a couple guys that were from the Syracuse uh, and a bunch of guys that have been uh, fans for a while. Um, just really excited about it, talking to them about it, took some pictures. Uh and um, when we got to the game, it, it was pretty obvious, pretty fast that it was definitely orange dominated. And again, um, and like what I told you, probably like seventy thirty, maybe sixty five thirty five. I would say is probably the ratio of fans. So. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I know it was sprinkled in on both sides, but the orange side was very orange, and the and the blue side maybe because of the colors, but the orange stood out over there. So yeah, the blue and yellow. Yeah, overall, yeah, overall. I mean, Orlando, it's a. It's a growing city. They got a lot of new stuff down there. The downtown area was was really nice. Um, oh, they did have this random, like, really fast train. It was really, really close to the bars, and a lot of people actually questioned it. <laughs> but um, it seemed a little, I don't know, dangerous. But I mean, other than that, I did mean, you, we, had, we had a great you, time. Did you take the fast train anywhere? No, no, I don't know. Oh. But it, it, was, it was going down a lot. And what did really you do? Not, did you do any tailgating? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop by. Uh, we left uh, the bar around two, two thirty. Went up to the stadium. Oh, good for you. And how was it? <laughs> it was great. You just sound bitter. You sound bitter there, buddy. No, I'm not bitter at all. I'm not. <laughs> I was happy to have you there. I was, je- I was jealous. I really was oh, yeah. because I just wanted to be there and and have a good time with you. And I mean, yeah. I'm just glad well, you were able to go. I'm glad you finally got there. I felt bad when. Uh, it took you so long to get there and everything, but yeah, it is what it is, man. Yeah, it I is was just—I ran into my mom and my aunt were there. Uh, they were at a a tailgate. They had a bunch of former players. Got a picture with Dan Conley, the former Syracuse uh, linebacker. Yeah, he begged you He's, to come on, didn't he? No, I mean, you know, pretty much. I'm not going to say that he did. I mean, he kind of <laughs> he kind of joked around a little bit, like you know, how come you haven't called to interview me? You know what I mean? But. Uh, all he's you know, got to do is Everyone DM was having me. fun, so you really don't know how serious, but, you know. Right, uh, sure. Saw Zach Mahoney, a couple other former players, so it was a good time. Then I moved on from there, ran into some people I knew, a couple family members I didn't think or didn't know were going to be down there. So, all in all, it was a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Well. It was, and then, obviously, the win on top of it. Right, I mean, and, that, and that leads us to this. A recap in two minutes or less is brought to us by... J.P. Mulligans, happy hour every Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, Trivia Tuesdays, every NFL game, every Sunday, and of course, they play every Syracuse game. And when you go there for Syracuse games, it's dollar off Labatt's. I mean, hello? I don't yeah. know uh, I don't know who else is doing that, if anybody, and if anybody else is, they're, they're copying. And it's, you know, they're just... Well, it sounds like if you like Labatt's, it's probably your, your place to go. I mean... It, Especially if you I, yeah. like wings or a good burger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Uber there, Uber back, you're golden. All right. Yep. All right, well, you know what? It took Eric Dungy the first half to find his rhythm, uh, but when he did, he would not be denied, becoming the MVP of the only bowl game he'll get to play in. His 21 completions are the most by any Syracuse quarterback in a bowl game. His 303 yards passing put him over the top with 9,340, the most career passing yards in Syracuse history. He surpassed Ryan Nassib with that. And he gave us one more oh crap, hell yes moment. I I could be more colorful, but uh, he scrambled back uh, 20 yards. I, I counted it out. It was, he scrambled back around 20 yards, completed the pass to Mo Neal. Then Neal masterfully turned it into a 42-yard gain, catching the ball uh, behind the line of scrimmage and making some moves all the way out. Uh, I think it was inside the 10-yard line. Um, it has been an absolute privilege to root for Dungy every time he's taken the field. And I can say, for me, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it, and I've been saying it all year. I'm going to miss it. But the future looks bright as, and I know the music stopped, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep yep. going because I'm not done. The future looks bright. Transfers, Abdul Adams and Tristan Jackson combined for three of the four Syracuse touchdowns in their first ever uh, game in orange uniforms. The first touchdown for each of them were both in dramatic fashion. Custis led all receivers with 80 yards on five catches. He followed up Taj Harris with 55 Uh yeah, he was followed up by Taj Harris with 55. Taj uh, broke Shelby Hill's school record for receiving yards as a freshman by seven with 565. Mm. That's pretty awesome. Um, nice. This after Harris took one of many cheap shots by the West Virginia defense, which led to the ejection of Kenny Robertson for targeting, and that's when Joe was on TV. He was yes. he was beside himself. Uh, <laughs> you, he was absolutely... You were absolutely no, beside yourself. Right in front of us, dude. Yeah. Right uh, in front and of it us. Was a, and it was a very obviously blatantly uh, uh, targeting call. Uh, Mo yeah. Neal led all rushers with 42 yards. Allen 
Stritzinger, Str- <laughs> Alan Stritzinger, had the only <laughs> had the only turnover for the Orange, uh, a twenty yard interception. Um, another returning player, and Andre Cisco led the defense in nine tackles. And Joe, I want to first talk about Dungey. Let's hit up Dungey real quick. But then after yeah. that, um, you can't help but notice the talent on this team. As they said, say the the future's so bright, you gotta wear shades, right? I mean, these kids, all four touchdowns were scored by returning players, minus yeah. the one. You know, minus the pass from Dungey. So right. first, Dungey. How, how do you think he came out? He stayed resilient. He had a he had a rough first half. It was the whole team yeah. looked rusty, and yeah. he, he came out and just killed it. Yeah, well, uh, West Virginia they they run a, a kind of a it's not a normal kind of defense. They run a three three stack with uh, five D backs, and um, they they kind of blitz from everywhere. And they you call them they, all you know, D bags. No, D D D backs, D backs, <laughs> defensive backs, um, no, it's a and joke. they kind of blitz uh, from all over the place. Um, uh, they stunt really, you know, and they just have. It's a really quirky defense that you don't really see every day, so it's you know kind of difficult to sometimes get used to. So I think that was part of it, and you know, uh, I think sometimes I, you know, again, it's Dungey, so sometimes he tries to make too much out of something that might not be there, um, which he did on that one play where. He, he avoided the, the he avoided the sack and threw that interception over yeah. at the sideline. I mean, he had no business throwing that ball. Should but just um, got it out of bounds. Right, you know, or into the ground in front of him, something to where they can't, you know. But I mean, overall, like you said, he ended up. I mean, real realistically, I mean, half after the third quarter, we were still we were what down eighteen seventeen. So we scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter. So really, for three quarters, I mean, you could see it start to to pick up in the third quarter. But we they, we still got outscored. Uh, in the third quarter. So overall, though, you know, he's just done what he's always done. And our, our defense stayed resilient and um, he he did what he had to do. Like he normally has, you know, done in the past. And obviously he finally gets a chance to get to a bowl game. And um, he ended up having a even if it was one big quarter, it ended up being enough to, to win the MVP and, and to to run away with the game. So. I was I was I was pumped, man. Yeah. Especially that one play, like you said, that one last play with Mo Neal. I mean, it was awesome. He he caught that, and he was. I mean, he was running. That was right toward us, right on the sideline. You know, so I mean, there was a couple plays like that, like the get you on know, the um the Taj Harris ejection, like you were talking about the Stritchinger in, interception, that Mo Neal uh, run that came down. That was right there in front of the sideline. So I mean, you could just see it, like the the moves that Mo Neal made. It, I mean, I had perfect angles for it, and just to know that, I mean, Dungey had to do what he had to do. I mean, you have no business throwing that ball. You know what I mean? But yeah, he throws I mean, it up. It, it he, he throws it up. Mo Neal, you know, he makes the adjustment and he turns it into a huge play. Yeah, and he was you getting know? hit too when he threw that. Yeah, oh yeah. So he was going back. Oh, yeah. He was going down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mo Neal, so, you know, I know Dungy gets a lot of credit for that, but Mo Neal turned that into. That could have been a completion for just you know, less of a loss. Less, probably a loss. Yeah, it, it would have been a completion for maybe five yards instead of 20. Right, 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 you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. Mo Neal just—I mean, dink and dunked and hurdling, half hurdling, and freaking tripping over himself. I mean, he, right. he made it happen. So it was awesome. But what would the Dungy's last game be without a moment like that? Seriously, you know. Right. So yeah, no, um, I mean you're right because you know when you watch it, you know when you told me that he, that he got the MVP and he uh, threw for 303 yards, I was like stunned because watching the game, you don't really. You don't really think about it like that unless you're on, you know, watching it from TV and you see the right. stats you're continually not, pop up. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're not seeing the replays. You're not seeing. Well, you're not so seeing. So it was a quiet 303, you know, and they had a whole bunch of different uh, runners in there and stuff. So again, I mean, 
it was a lot more defensive of, of a you know of a game than uh than probably a lot of people would have thought you know i, I so, did expect our defense to handle jack allison a little better but um, well the guy's talented obviously yeah he's pretty good I mean, he's, you know, like, he's okay. uh, obviously he's got to bulk up. He's got to yeah, get he's a little like, bit bigger. But, I mean, everyone's got to do that. Dungy he looks like Dolzai with, with pads on at 6'4", 6'5". He's yeah. not a very big guy. <laughs> he's not very big. He's tall. He's lanky. Yeah. Uh, but he's an accurate passer. I'll give him that. He throws. No, he definitely, he definitely is, you know, and that's kind of the way West Virginia plays. That's how it is. You know, you saw Trey Logan in there. He's a freshman. Uh, Daniel Holgerson, he, he, he brought it up a couple different times. He's... They they got to play a lot of players because of that four game rule for the red shirt that uh, normally wouldn't. So, um, I mean, they got a nice little jump start. Yeah, he averaged were down. eight yards a, a throw. Sorry, completion. Yeah. Excuse me. Right, and they ended up being down four big um, four big starters. And again, Jack Allison getting thrown into that. You might be talented, but getting thrown into that kind of gauntlet. You know, I would have liked to have seen what you know Elton Robinson and McKinley Williams would have done. But either way, you know, we had guys step up. Uh, Tyrell Richards. Yeah. One being him, so it was just awesome to see that, that, that we could overcome that, you know, because they are a good team, man. They're deep. They got players. They're fast. They got athletes all over the place. Yeah, and their defense wasn't much affected by people even, right? I think they had their full defense, right? We still put. 30- um. Well, they've had they've had some early injuries that they've okay. had to overcome. I think there was one guy that that got hurt their last game that that didn't get to play, but. Uh, well, we um, still put thirty four points up on them. So I mean. Um, you know, yeah. could, could, you know, Will Greer plays, you know, is it the same outcome? Probably not the same score. No. I don't know. Who knows? No, probably Who, not knows? the same. No, probably not. Uh, but you could see that once we actually put pressure on him and actually took the lead later in the game, you could see like, uh, Allison started, you know, not doing so well with the yeah, pressure, you know, yeah, as he, that, it was, he was rattled. He was definitely rattled. Yeah. You know, Kendall Coleman got a set, Guthrie got a set. I mean, it was, we started pumping it up and, you know. It was just a great atmosphere. I'm just, I'm glad I got to make the trip, and I'm glad, you know, most importantly that you know that we won. The senior class is really like you mentioned it with the with the with the future. Like this senior class gets. I mean, they they created that stepping stone. It's so huge when it comes to like the culture, you know. And if you yeah, have a culture absolutely. of losing, yeah, then like the Robinson era and stuff like that, like then you see what happens. You know, yeah. when you set up the team and the, your young players and the talent. I mean, that right now these young guys are too. You know, they're too young to even remember how bad it was, you know, a couple of years, whatever that, you know. And so now they're kind of used to winning. They know how to win. The seniors left it all out on the field. They won. They went 10 and three, broke all those records, you know. And we've only done all. we've only won 10 games in a season. This was only the seventh time. It's it's a huge deal. It doesn't sound like that big of a deal because, you know, when you look at college football, there's teams that do this all the time. And I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from the program at all. But, you know. We're just not that kind of team, and we haven't been historically, obviously. And right. and so when you hear 10 wins that you heard that all year, I did not realize we had only done it six previous times until yeah. until the bowl game got closer. Right. So, you know, and I've been talking to you about those transfers for a while, and it was, you know, awesome yeah, to see them out yeah, there. Yeah, we did a awesome show on those. We talked about them. Right. And, I mean, that's just like you said. I mean, phew. You look at the backfield of Mo Neal being a senior with Jarvion Howard and Abdul Adams next year. Oh. Yeah, Abdul Adams, eight carries for 19 yards. You know, a couple of those were goal line, plus his touchdown was a goal line. Um, right. He got stuffed a couple times. But, you know, it, it was his first It was his first live game in over a year. 
So, well, I guess not. Yeah, it was over, probably over well, a year. Well, the thing so. is, this is the thing, is that when you usually are sitting out and stuff like that or you're redshirting, that a lot of times you're doing scout stuff on defense. You know, you're not running with the ones or the twos right. and the backups and getting ready. So they're not out there practicing with our offense, running the tempo and everything like that. They're more out there as the scout teams. You know, they're out there as the scout offense going against our number one defense, running the plays that, you know, that's that's basically how you break it down. You get a game plan. You know, the coaches go, they look at the film. So what do they do? They get scout offenses, they get scout defenses. So they have offenses that they put together that, you know, they're out there every week studying what our opponent does so that they can run against our defense with it in practice. Right. So and they're not, they're not out there. Too. So what's that? Two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, just for them to be able to play and get in there and be up to speed with our tempo, because like I said, they haven't been running that offense. Yeah, and what Coach so, said is he accredited the wide receivers, coaches, and the running back coaches for getting those guys up to speed inside the offense because he said if they weren't going to be able to keep up with uh, Dungy and the rest of the rest of the offense, they weren't, they weren't going to play. So, right. yeah, like, well, we know Coach doesn't play favorites. There's probably some guys out there that might not have. You know, so, I mean, it kind of gives them a credit too the fact that, you know, that they were in the playbook and that they were getting prepared and getting ready. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that's... a lot of times you can't just do that in two weeks through two and a half weeks, three weeks. So especially when you got the holidays and you have finals that you're studying for and stuff like that. So, I mean, all the credit to those guys. And like you said, like, I, like we've talked about, like they're very talented. So and we have a bunch of other talented guys coming out. I saw on the sidelines Ed Hendricks, the uh, receiver that was supposed to be playing like where Taj Harris was not uh-huh. saying Taj Harris doesn't earn it or anything. But through spring ball and up until when Ed Hendricks got hurt, he was the guy that, you know, they were talking about. And I saw him on the sidelines and he he looks like uh, a big boy. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's been lifting, working his upper body. Um, he's tall. And uh, just, again, with the guys that we have coming back, we're only losing, what, Custis on the offensive as far as receiver-wise, Dante Strickland, which we talked mm-hmm. about. So, obviously, we know there's a lot of pressure on Tommy, but a lot of expectation on him as well. So, so I mean, with Tommy DeVito coming in and you got some offensive linemen leaving, um, Coach had really praised the offensive line. I thought it was good. Oh, huge, yeah. This, and that's, that's huge. And, again, the offensive defensive line, like we talked about, we talked about it with Tyler, the trenches is what got us this 10 win season. And that's why Babers did what he did. Like you said, in the press conference and gave, and we're going to be losing three starters on the offensive line. Yeah. Now granted, so, granted he thinks that there's two other guys that could have been starters in waiting in the whims, but still now you got to kind of go back and kind of reevaluate, get it, get a, you know, an offensive line together and have them start working together again. And then, you know, we're losing Chris Slayton who like, again, he talked about is going to be his one of the unsung heroes on the defense. Well, on the offensive side, hold on. On the offensive side, okay, you've got you've got the three leaving. You got two that can definitely fill the void. He thinks. Um, Coda Martin was really good, son-in-law. Yep. Um, yep. So you've got you've got two guys that he think can fill some void. But you've got this year you had a quarterback in Eric Dungy that when things did break down, if there was trouble, Eric Dungy, if it weren't for him making plays on his feet a lot this year, he was going to be taken down a lot. He got taken down a lot as it was. So, yeah. and I know he holds the ball, but you know, when well, you he's look, a playmaker, but, right? But, but when he you has look limitations at it, as quarterback, right? But now you have a totally different, you have a totally different um, quarterback. quarterback coming in, someone who's probably not going to be able to make plays on their feet, probably not going to be able to do half the things that Eric Dungey could do like that. And so, <clears throat> you've yeah, got big you shoes got, to fill, bro. Yeah, he need. I think he needs a little bit more protection, is what I'm saying. Um, 
So well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's going to be huge because <laughs> again, like I, I'm, I'm, I've never played offensive line or defensive line, but I realize where the games won, lost, uh, and again, that was a huge, huge part of our success this year with all those guys in the you know offensive line and like I said, defensive line because you know Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman don't put up their numbers without Chris Slayton there in the middle. Right, and Chris Slayton was like. Well, like you said earlier, he's double teamed so much he couldn't put up any numbers and he didn't get right. any accolades for it. But it doesn't right. matter because the the work that he put in did um, show through other players, and that's what being on a team is all about. So right, and you never really hear about it. And I'm glad that Babers did say something about it. He did after the last. He did after the last game. He read. Yeah. He you know he came out and he said something because he did you know again what? after this game. Right, and I'm saying, as far as if if you have read stories about Chris Slayton or some of the you know the write ups over the years, and then even this you know a big part of it you know was uh, the uh, media day this year coming in, and how it was Dungey and Slayton that were going to medium day or media day, and uh, how Chris Slayton was all shy. He's this big guy, but he's like a teddy bear, and he's shy and he's humble, and you know, so he doesn't even care. And that's the kind of yeah. guy that you need on, on, on your team is guys like that. You know, yeah. the fact that, you know, the fact that those guys ran the ball and did what they did this year and they were cool enough to have, you know, Tristan Thompson and, and Abdul Adams come in and, and get some of the, the burn because they realized how hard they've worked, you know, and just knowing like, like, again, like how he always preaches family and just the unselfishness of this team is, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you need to be successful. Those are the little things. I mean, yeah. a selfish, a selfish player or someone who's not out there for their brother on their left or their brother on their right. I mean, that loses games that loses uh, locker rooms, you know, um, that gets coaches fired. So, you know, that, that whole, again, it's the culture and you have is, that whole culture of everyone stepping up for the person to their left and their right. And they don't care who gets, the touchdown, who gets the points, who gets the the, light, the limelight. They just care about being to, winning together as a team. And then on top of that, our seniors being able to come out and, like I said, leave a winning culture. Like these guys, they're, even though they're young, they know how to win. They were taught how to win. And that's probably the biggest takeaway. I mean, I love Eric Dunn. I love everything he's done and the 10 wins and this, this, and that. But at the end of the day, the most important thing that they did was they left the culture of winning and you know, I think it's going to pay dividends, huge, huge dividends next year because, you know, in the past we've lost good players, but we weren't winning. So, you know, the winning culture that I mean, when you know how to win, it's hard to explain, but, you know, they're they're just going to be ready. 10, 10 and three and they're going to be hungry next year because they know what their potential well, it is. It puts a stamp on the program. And when you go back and talking about being humble and being you know, being playing as a team and looking out for one another. That's why the, the whole Cooper Dawson story really caught my attention is because right. you got someone like that. You can tell he's a team like this guy is not a selfish guy. He's not going to be a selfish player. Um, he's going to mean he's going to be great on a team that's oriented around family and brotherhood. Right. And I don't know how good he's going to do, but I know that, you know, how you play. That's exactly what we need right that's exactly. exactly what he's looking for that's exactly, exactly what he preaches so you know, and if that's the kind of kid you are and you got any type of talent i mean i'm you're gonna want to you're gonna be interested in in babers you know yeah absolutely you're gonna be interested in syracuse and again like i said that's that's the biggest thing is dungy he broke the records and everyone i mean everyone's gonna miss him i'm gonna Wait. miss him i wish he could play forever but i know, I know. you know this 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 team they left a a, a legacy a historical season and it's just going to be a springboard with what to come, and I'm just really, really excited. I just, yeah, I just it, hope that you know, Devito doesn't. Go ahead, Devito doesn't what? 
No, I just worry because they're huge shoes to fill. And on top of the huge. fact that – Absolutely. The leadership the fa- alone, I mean, we don't uh, really know. Well, right. And, as you know, he did come in and, you know, North Carolina game, Florida State game. He came in and we're going to know that – we know that the players underneath him are, are going to have faith in him. The coaches are going to have faith in him. Sure. But, I mean, well, he, he has such huge there, expectations. Yeah. Huge expectations yeah, coming it, in. And then you had people – questioning whether and you know we were part of that after a, a you know one game this year but people questioning on who should be starting and who should be the you know so you know now you know Dungy like he said he kind of showed him the whip and ever since then Dungy's done what he's always done and it's turned into a magical season and now it's on to DeVito the limelight's going to be on him and you know the pressure's on him to kind of live up to to that kind of stuff. And I just hope that he just doesn't try to live up. I hope he just tries to be his own person, his own quarterback and not be a Eric Dungy because he's a completely different player. Like you said, and you know, he's got himself. a little, he's, he's got, got no a little choice. bit, we're right. And he's got a little bit of a stronger arm and he's going to have to be more efficient when it comes to the passing game. And when you're getting rushed to, to throw the ball away and not take a sack, because he's not going to have the playmaking ability and the, the little uh, kind of, you know, um, ad living that Eric Dungy does like that's just not him. So, and when you look at Eric Dungy and you say, you know, throughout the year, some people would say maybe, you know, well, he tries to do too much on his own. He's kind of a ball hog. You know, he's, he's trying to make plays on his own all the time. He doesn't throw the ball enough. He's always taking off running. That's, that's, that is definitely not, I mean, you could tell by his post game interview, how humble, thankful, grateful, and just down to earth, this guy is okay. Yeah. Those things were not out of trying to be a star all by himself. Those things were, that is his mentality. His mentality is, you know, I'm going to get that first down or I'm going to get whatever I can. I'm going to get in the right. end zone or whatever. That is all about winning to him is winning. Right. He just, he said it himself. He just wants to compete. That's, right. It's just who he is. Yeah. And based off that press conference, like just like you said, to hear that, like, I mean, who doesn't want a guy like that? Oh, like, my just, gosh. I mean, emotionally. It broke my just, heart listening Oh, God. Yeah, it really did, dude. <laughs> I mean, and just to be – because he probably feared for the fact of him being, being able to play with Babers. And, I know. You know I and, mean, you know, if you know his story at all, no one wanted him. He was trying oh yeah, He was trying story. everywhere around Washington – or where was he? He's from uh, Oregon. Oregon, yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't get – no, I mean, he was getting a look from – they said that Oregon State never offered, but they were kind of interested. But, like, I mean, it was like Air Force, the Wyoming, like the Mountain West teams were like some of the only ones that were kind of looking at him. I'm and, glad. And, I mean, I'm glad. Schaefer's the one that gave him a chance, you know. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember watching his highlight tape when he was, uh, you know, in high school. And I just watched, and I mean, it's literally, it's this, it was the same, same person that I watched the other night. Like, yeah. same exact way that they played. Just a, I mean, even in high school, it was the same thing, running, just diving, trying to dive over people. I mean, like I said, you can go back and you can watch it. It's the same thing, just 40 pounds lighter right. and five years younger yeah. And it's in high school. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad. And when I saw, when I, when I saw that, that we gave him a scholarship and he came to Syracuse, I, I, was, I was hopeful that, you know, he had the playmaking ability to at least do a, a better than some of the other quarterbacks that we had, you know. Yeah, and he just wanted to play. He just wanted That's a it. shot. And that's all you saw when you watched his high, his high school tape was just a competitor. He didn't care about, you know, it wasn't like, oh, the pass isn't there. I'm going to throw it away. It was like the pass isn't there. Okay, I'm going. Right. You know, right. so and, and that's you can get away with that in college. And especially when you, you know, when you're smart and you're, you're just that. I mean, God, just that competitive, just and, that and, kind of heart. Like some people don't have those. 
those uh oh, that's a character per, that's a character <laughs> thing and it's a personality thing and you either got it or oh, you yeah. don't you can't fake it it can't be adrenaline junkie it, almost yeah well I mean, you remember all those times that he was off season yeah well you remember all those times remember when he would get just blasted or something on the sideline and he'd pop up, it'd be a first down. He'd be like, he would just get right back in the dude's face. How many, yeah. He got in someone's face the other night during, oh, yeah. the, during, the, during the bowl game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because well, he, he took a cheap shot, too. He took a couple yeah. of cheap shots. Yep. And, yeah. he did, and, you know, they only got the one. Um, they only called Don't one of them. Don't started with those refs. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Get in with that delay of game. I know. I mean, Don't even were... start me on not resetting the game clock and calling a delay of game penalty. Yeah, while that? you have two refs pumping up their hand to, to replay the clock, and then one guy blows the whistle and throws the flag, and they, yeah, I and just, they can't confer know. and be like, "No, we we're saying reset the clock," and they never did it. Nope. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It was it was bad from the disaster. beginning, but yeah, there, it ended up it ended up evening out a little bit at the end. But I mean, there was some. I mean, I know bit, Jamal I Custis had there was a pass interference or some kind of hold on the side on one of the Jamal Custis throws that was pretty obvious. So, um, but. Yeah, I mean, whatever. We won. We prevailed. So, and the, I don't know the video how. Video of them? Who singing? Uh, yes, singing yes. Um, uh, what was it? Was take, it take me, me home? home. Take me home. Yeah, yeah. That's West Virginia's song. <laughs> yeah, I know. Singing in the locker room. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Did we retweet that? I think we did. I don't know, but I think we did. But it, whatever, it, it, it is what it is. It's the sports sports Balder trophy and the camping world trophy all yeah, one. Yeah, so. trophy that they didn't bring. They stopped bringing that to those games, I guess. Yeah, I to guess the West Virginia Bulls games. don't count. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, what? That's the only time we play them. <laughs> um. So okay. Well, look, I will say this again. I love Dungey. I hope he sticks around somehow, some way. I don't think he's, um. Wanting to stay in Syracuse, he's probably going to go back home. So I don't know how often we're going to see this guy, but man, well, the memories will last forever. That's all he's going to get a look. Yo, he'll oh, he will. The memories going to last forever. Yes. Ob- obviously, like, like you sure. like you put up with the meme. Like he's definitely. I mean, he's got to be. Oh, it's tough because what, my my Mount Rushmore, my Mount Dungey, yeah, see, my Mount Dungey. You can only pick four, and when you go through <laughs> I, generations, hey, there's no, going to be I people had him, to talk about. I had him up there. I had Ernie Davis. I had Jim Brown. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, you got Floyd Little. You've got, you know, Dwight Freeney most recently. Donovan, and Donovan McNabb. McNabb. Don McPherson. Yeah. And then, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to. Chandler <laughs> Jones is pretty good. I just Yeah, so I stopped. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> I stopped. I just left it at Dungey, and I put it up. Oh, so you just put him up next to Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, I figured, yeah. hey, he can represent America <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Well, after I the- guess. I mean, <laughs> but, but, I mean, you never know. I think he's going to get a shot. I think he's going to get a shot. I think he'll be able to put up good enough numbers in the combine. I don't know how good his pro day will be with throwing. I think that's probably going to be his biggest issue. But, again, you've seen people come out of nowhere. You've seen people get graded bad. Um, So uh, who knows with the NFL. Uh, At this point, I mean, I know we've we've speculated back and forth. We've talked about it. we talked about it with Tyler about what position he could play. This is that. At this point, I mean, I'm kind of done talking about it because I'm not – I'm just I'm done. Well, like, the broadcasters to, mentioned I'm, who you mentioned, who he reminds you of off the Saints. There, help me out. Taysom Hill. Oh, they Taysom did. Hill. Taysom yes. Hill. Yeah, the broadcaster oh, okay. said that during the bowl game. So you oh, you wow. said it first, and you heard it here first on the Cuse Motion podcast. That comparison. Oh, nice. I didn't even, obviously I can't hear broadcasters, so I didn't know that. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm not. I'm not. I'm never going to put anything like on Eric Dungey that he can't do. 
you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Yeah. Like there's been so many times where I've said this, I've said that, Oh, I don't think, I think he's a great college quarterback, but I don't know if his arm strength is going to be good enough for the NFL. Like I'm his not, arm strength I'm not gonna, is good. I'm not doubting him at all anymore. Like at you know, all, at all. Are you what? sure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? At I'm all. not going at all. You just yeah. went to Canada, man. I thought you went to Orlando. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I could have drove to Canada eh, in 12 and a half hours. Yeah, no Holy kidding. Holy good night. All right. Well, no, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to put any any type of yeah, I'm not I'm not going to doubt him anymore, man. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If I know. I know. We're such... you know, at this point, I'm I'm done doubting him. I'm just going to root for him and hope the best for him. I know he's going to try to get in the league. And, uh, we'll you know, before happens. we go on to the next segment, fan feedback and everything, I just I just wanted to just kind of give a just a shout out and just congrats to like the Syracuse fans that got out there. I mean, uh, just, we had a, a huge, huge showing. I think that we, it was huge for us to be able to travel well and prove to certain bowl committees. That's a pretty decent bowl sure. that we, that we were at and to prove that, that we can travel because I really, really do think that, uh, that we're going to be in, um, some bowl we're, games we're gonna like be in this some bowl or games. possibly and, even listen, better listen, in the near future. So we're going to, uh, we're going to content. I say within, Within five years, I think it's safe Uh-oh. to say. Between three and five, possibly. Can contend for an ACC championship. Really? I think. And I think it, if it's going to happen, it's going to be sooner. Well, I mean, it could be. I don't like, I mean, I don't like putting a timeline on things, to be honest with you. But they will. Syracuse, as long as Dino Babers is there and he's doing what he's doing, it can only, it's only going to go up, you guys. And that's the God's honest truth, because... With the way he's running this program, and after this year, and the the um, the amount of airtime that Syracuse is going to get next year, the amount of airtime that Dino Babers got this year, I'm talking nationally recognized ESPN. You know, he's on Jim. They Rome, might be preseason ranked. Yeah, it could be, could be. So I'm so, just saying, all that helps recruiting, and that's where it's that's that's where it starts. That's where you it see starts. The next and we to see that name, yeah. see uh, a double digit win. I mean, you beat teams like West Virginia. Two out of our three losses were two teams that made the college football playoff. You know, one of only two teams that have been able to beat Clemson the past two yeah, years. Yeah, the other one being I mean, Alabama. <laughs> Alabama being the only one. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, we gave up one to Pitt, but we gave up I mean, one to Pitt, but you lose bad games. Sometimes you lose the ones you're supposed to win. Right, and again, we I think we talked about the fact again is uh, the, the the winning culture and learning how to overcome obstacles. We lost to Clemson at Clemson. By three points or whatever that was. And then the next week we went to Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh and we allowed Clemson to beat us again. And we, our defense just couldn't shut it down. So, but then later on, we fixed the, we we fixed some of that run defense stuff though. Well, yeah, we did. And then at the end, by the end of the year, we get, you know, Notre Dame happened. And then the very next week, we We came back, we came back, we went to BC and we proved that, you know, we, we got over that obstacle of letting a loss haunt us the next game. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, on the road, too, which is huge. Oh, yeah. So, I was big on BC this year. BC's not a bad team. Right. I know. So, so, I mean, you look at some of the teams we beat, and, like, again. I mean, you don't you just. Know, cr- I know Louisville stinks, but they crushed Louisville at home. No, Louisville was bad this they're, year. They're terrible, so. but it's still college football. I mean, it, you know, it's still ACC play. They crushed right. them, they destroyed them. And, right. You know. But yeah. um, you know, but Babers is starting to get his guys up there where they're starting to get the experience and a couple years in the the strength and conditioning program, they're buying in and what he's selling and that's the that's biggest the most thing. important that, thing. That's the most important thing in the fact that they've learned how to win. They've learned how to let 
the next play, the next game, go and just go and, and get it the next time. And um, that's that's huge. That mentality, that culture is is one of the biggest things. You need to have the confidence and just the swagger, for lack of a better word, to be able to yeah. overcome a bad play or a bad game. So absolutely, I'm, I'm just excited and and I'm I'm glad that our fans could show up and show out like they did because uh, it was pretty impressive. Absolutely. So you heard from us. I know it ran long. I just think it was. I think there's probably more to be said, but if this were no, a we daily show, this if for... this were a daily show, I'd do more tomorrow. But um, I think we summed it up pretty good. So now it's time to hear from you. From the Loud House, the best damn college sports fans in the nation. All right, it is time for the fan feedback top 10. Y'all know what to do. You go to at Cuse Militia on Facebook and Twitter, the universal handle, and we propose a question after every game except for the St. Bonaventure game because I did not do that because I knew we would just not have enough time to get right. it done. And so, uh, in case you were wondering, so we just stuck to bowl stuff. And um, the first one we got here, I guess I'm starting with... Number 10. Number 10. From Facebook, Aaron says, Unbelievable. So beyond excited right now. They came through and together when it mattered the most. Bunch of orange emojis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They did. They had a rough first half, and they made the right adjustments and came out and did their thing. And I don't know what else we would have expected, right? Because they've kind of ex- minus the uh, minus the uh, Notre Dame game, things you know tightened up in most of those other games uh, for the most part. Uh, Paul says bittersweet for two reasons: one, we won, so that's the good part. Two. Uh, football season is effectively over, and for me, since my beloved Giants absolutely effing <clears throat> suck this season again, Joe, you can relate slightly, right? Did you pick that as number <laughs> nine? It like, pissed me off. <laughs> Pretty much. So. Well, thank you. Well, again, yeah. today they lose the game in Giants uh, form for this year. Right at the end of the game. Yeah, well, Raiders lost the game in Raiders form this year. They got blown out. So who cares? Yeah, who cares? It's, I mean, but because of Syracuse, it's it's unfortunate. I got but, Syracuse um, sports, and if I have Syracuse sports in my NASCAR, I don't really care. I really don't. I really don't. Um, okay, uh, Richard says, "Great game. The future is bright." Yeah, we touched on that, right, Joe? I mean, yes, sir. Not. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a different team. It's gonna be a different look. But man, has has the foundation been laid for success? Yeah. And it's, the culture been changed. Yes, That's the biggest thing. Absolutely, so. Dino Babers. You can thank him for that because he is just man. I don't know. <laughs> they don't come around I'm glad like we they, extended that guy. <laughs> they don't come around like that very often. Just like I said about uh, Eric Dungey, just um, one of a kind. Uh, Jerry says. This was a team effort. So proud of our defense and Dungey. Uh, Jake, yes. I love this one. I love this one. This is at J Carpenter seventy four. This would be number one. Eventually, I'm gonna rank, I'm gonna rank these, but today's not that day. Uh, at 
at jcarpenter74. Proud of the way these guys played all year. Looking to next season, Adams and Jackson look like two studs for us. Never rebuild, just reload. That's exactly what we're doing, baby. We're reloading. We're going to reload this thing, and, um, you know, it's going to be great. Well, the rebuild is almost complete. Yeah. Once we get there, then again, like he said, it's the reload. And you can start to see that, you know, like even this year, a lot of times we've said, okay, well, he's, we're losing these guys. Who's going to step up? But now we kind of can see. So, yeah. Um, well, you're, re- you're reloading a lot of stuff. Andre Cisco. I mean, this guy's talented defensive back as they come. He needs a freshman. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of, yeah, we got a lot of talent. Taj Harris, another freshman that just killed it this year. These, some of these freshmen were like, Leaps and bounds ahead of where I would have expected them. So. Oh yeah. Well, not to mention the Lou Groza Award winner. Oh, absolutely. That's right. That's right. The old Schmitty. So, um, all right. At Oil Cuse, the offensive line in the first half played awful. Uh, whatever they changed at halftime certainly worked. I absolutely love seeing Adams and Jackson out there. Uh, they were. They are going to be awesome. Where's James on guitar? Well, uh, James on guitar is still here. He's back. He's back. Captain Patrick, <laughs> calm down. The Christmas music is done. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, no, that's that's actually interesting um, because I was actually when I got to the game, I was in line to grab some beers before I headed to the uh, to the seats, and I actually um, the guy in front of me, he was uh, an old uh, Syracuse player, offensive lineman back in the '80s, and um, played with Tim Green, Don McPherson, stuff like that. And uh, we talked, we were talking a little bit of football, and then halftime. Came out, ran into him again, and, you know, I asked him, you know, being a lineman, you know, you know, being Syracuse, you know, former player, I'm just, you know, what do you see? You know, we got to do a little bit different, this, this, and that. And he actually was talking about the offensive line play and how they didn't play good and how they had to adjust to the blitzes and the way that the defense was attacking their offense. So that's uh, kind of funny that you actually picked that. A- yeah, well, we got another one here, our, our buddy. Uh, at Joe Pasek, he is the, um, I think he's the Joe Georgievich chief, uh, fan club <laughs> chief, I believe, right? Isn't that his official position? Uh, thank I, God. I don't really have <laughs> positions. He's just a buddy. <laughs> thank God the O-line finally remembered they weren't in practice. Uh, once the O got rolling, there was no stopping them. The defense stopped a high-octane opponent. Opponent Can't wait to see how they improve next year. Great win to cap off a great season. Yeah, you know, sending Dungy out into the sunset with the MVP uh, yep. for the bowl game. Quite a storybook and ending, and yeah. you couldn't ask for a better way to cap off the season. Absolutely. Um, if not now, when 84, and Mike is going to – he's going to have to shorten his uh, his handle, don't you think? <clears throat> I feel like <laughs> – Are you complaining about how long a handle is right now? Come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah. It's like 180 characters. Oh, jeez. I, I, I feel like – with that second half, we would have still beat them if Will Greer played. Good game. Go Cues. Yeah, well, there's no telling. That's the beauty of that statement. So- yeah, I'm not going to even speculate. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it, but no. I I was not afraid of Will Greer. I was He worried me, but I was not afraid. Because like, I know that defense, they just get they – they got carved up a lot of times throughout the season. 
And yeah, but Will Greer was a little bit. He's a little bit more seasoned on getting away from the rush uh, to, to. Oh, absolutely! Pass. It would be a whole um, different ball game on on yeah, offense. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd probably imagine that they, they might have been up a little bit, you know, more than. Well, sure. Had well, more, we, I think I think that goes points. without saying. We're sure, they would have had more points. No. But like I said, we still scored. 34 on their defense. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't care if they scored them in the last five seconds. Still scored them. All right. Um, all right. Okay. At Harris 44 underscore TL. The ref laughing with Dungy on the run down the field. Joe, did you catch that? I did not catch that. Okay. Uh, it was great. At the game, but I did see it afterwards. That was. Okay. Uh, that was that play. The play we talked about. The, the, oh, the oh crap. Hell yeah. Play. Um, oh, yeah. And the ref was just like, must have been. He, I don't know if he said something to the ref or what, but they looked at each other, and the ref was definitely chuckling with him. And uh, it was a beautiful moment, if you ask me. I thought it was great. No, um, I'm sure there's refs that enjoy uh, watching certain players play. You know, it's one of those plays that, you know. They're sports gotta, fans, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, if you're a, a ref, then you love the game of football. Sure, and you know it, and um, you, you – You can see the crazy plays when they come. So You're you know, supposed you just, to be unbiased, and most of these guys are judges, act like real judges in real life. Yeah, well, you know, like what Dino Baber said too. I mean, Eric Dungy has been – I mean, you don't see those plays every day. You right. know, in those type of situations, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just don't see those kind of plays. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, at plant underscore Brandon, Dungy got the send off to end his career. He deserved. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I enough can't be said about this year's football team. Blown our expectations just Away. straight out of the water. I mean, yeah. I would have never guessed. I picked them to go at least six and six. Um, I'm not afraid. To I s- thought maybe they could win seven games, eight with a bowl. But I mean, I thought that right. was max. Yeah, and you know, another year going six and six or something like that, heading to another pinstripe bowl. Just <sighs> when you when you look at it in retrospect and think that that could have happened or that's where our expectations were, boy. It just puts a smile on my face, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that could have happened, and we still would have been happy about it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. That's a, and that's that's what I'm comparing it to, being happy to being, you know, freaking ecstatic. So that's the difference. Right. So yeah. football done. Thank you guys for an amazing football season. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this is our big – this was our biggest season. It was our second – our second full season of covering Syracuse football – and um, I just loved it. It was so much fun this year. And I just hope that um, next year is going to be just as fun. But we do have recruiting and stuff that's going to go on. I think we're going to get with Tyler again on some of that stuff leading yeah. to next year over the off season. So, But it's on to basketball, man. On to basketball. Yeah, Congratulations. I mean, they do. Honestly, like, it just proved that, I mean, winning heals everything. And now we come next year, expectations are going to be high. But I hope that – that the community stays together and then, you know, hopefully what this does, and I think we'll see it early next year is what's the spring game going to look like? You know, what's, uh, what's the first game of the season? It's going to be definitely more interest in those things. Are people going to pick the game over the fair, the game over (laughs) apple picking, picking. the game over certain, you know, I mean, this is, this is the kind of things that, I mean, Go to well, the you know, in the beginning of the year, there was there wasn't too too big expectations. This is going to change everything. So again, like I said, winter cures all, and 
um, judging by the people that, that that travel to the bowl game and just the fan support and how you know we've grown and our our downloads have gone up during the social football media season. just social media just insane yes so I mean thank you to the fans and you know just our followers come next year comes just listens. as hard right from the beginning don't wait till we get to bowl eligibility don't wait till we get to ranked or four and one or you know whatever start from the beginning and I hope that 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 carries on to next year. All right, Syracuse football, thank you for a spectacular 2018 season. Thank you. All right, Joe. It's yeah. an awkward switch. <laughs> it's an awkward switch into into uh, talking about um, football. But No, the uh, basketball team took the football are, team's are, momentum right Yeah, are talking day. about basketball right now. I know, they took the momentum away. We're not used to that at all, but here we are. We're going to hit up the St. Bonaventure game real quick. And, um, you know, the Orange finish, 9-4 and four non-conference play this year. Not ideal finish, um, but nope. I think there's plenty of games left to make up for that. In fact, um, historically, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically, you know, death to basketball, 9-4, and four, historically. So right. we'll see if they can overcome that. And I know the last two opponents haven't been the toughest competition, but I think there's been visible improvement on both sides of the ball. I think the energy and effort has been the best it's been all year so far. And I know, again, it was the last two opponents. They weren't the right. spectacular. But you got to judge by what you see. So free throw percentage has improved. We've talked. It doesn't matter if you're shooting free throws against St. Bonaventure or Duke. You make them. You make them. Um, and the shots have been dropping better. Bad hit 100% from the field against St. Bonaventure. He led Cuse with 21 points. He was again followed up. He was 6 for 10 from the field with 16 points. Probably Merrick's best game of the year so far. He was all over the place doing his thing as usual. He started at center again, and he finished with 9 points and 5 rebounds. Buddy shot 50% from the floor and finished with a career-high 12 points. The Orange as a team shot for 58% from the field, 6 for 17 from distance, and hit 17 of 22 of their free throws. The Bonnies turned the ball over 25 times, resulting in uh, 32 points for Syracuse. Um, and with the help of some pretty good ball movement, Syracuse assisted on 19 of the 29 shots that they sunk. Uh, mm-hmm. Syracuse lost the rebound battle, 31-29, to 29, uh, which, by the way, uh, the Bonnies was led by former Syracuse recruit O'Shun. It's O'Shun, O'Shunny, by the oh, way. Oh, he was saying it wrong. You think so? And know. he came That's off the bench, excuse. by the way. He came off the bench, by the way. So Syracuse yeah, he leads... played 31 minutes, though. Yes, he did. Syracuse leads that series all time at uh, 25 and four with the Bonnie. So Joe, I I'm I'm giving I'm giving Syracuse the benefit of the doubt compared to the opponent. I think it feels different. It looks different. And I mean, what do you think? It is different. Uh, they're moving the ball around a lot more. Uh, it's not just about the big three or the you know, the the main guy. Like it just looks like they're playing like within themselves. They're not forcing things. They're passing it around. And I mean, there's only three guys that took over five shots. You know, Buddy Beheim shot four eight. Hughes shot six to ten, and Battle one eight eight. So uh, I mean, it's more or less pretty obvious that they were kind of going with the hot hand. I mean, Shea Brissett went two of five. He only shot five times. So, um, you know, they were they were going with the flow. They were hitting the open guys and the guys if they were open, they were shooting, but they were spreading it around. And like, again, it's it was it's starting to become a little bit more unselfish on offense. And, you know, again, you never you don't know, because obviously St. Bonaventure, I don't think they're 
defense is too great. But also, based off the turnovers, we had a lot of fast break points and stuff like that. So, you know, we weren't stuck. I think it was 12. I think it was 12 points off of fast breaks off those yeah. turnovers. So we weren't stuck in, you know, half-court offense sets against a solid defense, you know, too many times. Um so, again, that could be a part of it. Again, we were talking about the opponents and stuff, but just based upon the way that they played and the way they've been playing the last two games and, like, again, moving the ball around, like you said, the assists that they've had, I mean, they usually never do that. So um, I'll take 17 to 22 from the free throw line and just, you know, passing the ball around and basically keeping it to the hot hand. I mean, between the three players that shot more than five shots, they all shot over 50%. How about so, um, um, Marek? Um, he, 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 well, he hit a three, but he does it. He, he utilize or well, he, 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 he puts out a better pick and roll than, uh, has. so, well, you know, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, they've all kind of, they've been spreading it out a little bit more. Uh, only one person battle played over 30 minutes. So, you know, he's getting, keeping the fresh legs out there. And I think they're, you know, they're just playing more as a team. They're not just trying to play a little bit loose. Oh God, Tyus Battle had six steals. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just had so many steals. Yeah, I mean, that, basically, that's I mean, due to the competition, though. Those right, and that's what it is. I mean, they lost their top two guards, and it was pretty obvious that their guards were not ready for what we had to to offer. And you know, no, again, no, after we no. you know lose four nine conference games, like we're coming out and we're we're going for blood for these last two to to get to nine and four and not lose again in the nine conference and just get to this ACC. Yeah, but. Like you said, I think um, the energy and effort, it, that's kind of the big thing. Everything roots out, out from the energy and the effort. Things will... Well, it's easy to be you know, energized and give effort when you start off 17-2. to two. Yeah, but sure. But that was the best two halves of basketball they played back-to-back all year. I mean, it was the only full game they've ever played. And I know, like Which... I said, the competition is, is, is was... Was subpar, but well, but we've played bad halves or in games against bad teams this year too. Cornell, sure. I mean, yes, sure. Um, so, well, <clears throat> it is what it well, is. Right. It is what it is. But we can only judge and go off of what we are presented, and that's what we we're presented. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, right. let's take a look though at the next. Let's well, let's take a look well, at the did. next. You definitely think that Osun, Oshun. He, he outplayed Chukwu? Well, yeah. I mean, Chukwu, what do you get? 15 minutes? I mean, what did Chukwu even do? Let's see. Um, two points. Two points. Three steals. Three, uh, six rebounds, bad. though. And yeah. Three steals. And uh, Oshun, he had, no, he had, three he had blocks. seven rebounds, three blocks. Four points. And four points. So, But he had more minutes. Yeah. So it might true. be a wash. Let's call, yeah, it, let's, let's call it a wash. But Oshun is a, is a freshman. So yeah, um, in Sadini or uh, Chuku is a senior. Uh, so if you take a look at the next, I'm gonna go f- five. I'm gonna go five games. We got at Notre Dame. That that preview for that game will be normal, like recorded on Wednesday night, probably. And then that's gonna be kind of tough. But if we if we can get by that and get Clemson at home and Georgia Tech at home, you know, you could possibly start. You could. Po- I'm just you know. You can start possibly just spitballing here. Just spitballing. You could possibly start though three and zero in conference play, heading into Duke at Duke. Which, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, and then you got Pitt back at home. Yeah, I think looking at these next, uh, you could go six. It, you could go six. I mean, 
He could go all yeah, the way to Miami. I mean, that, yeah, I think going six, uh, I mean, if you break you know, the, the conference games into segments of six, three segments of six, then. Sure, that's a good idea. Right. You know, uh, so, I mean, at Notre Dame, like you said, is a winnable game. And then we have, you know, Clemson, Georgia Tech at home. And then right after we play at Duke, which, you know, I'm going to be realistic on that and kind of just not even talk about that. But then we go home against Pitt and home against Miami. Duke's in another I mean, we league. Got, well, yeah, but we have we have four home games right there against um, uh, conference opponents that I think were more talented then. So yeah, we only have the two, you know. So I mean, re- looking at that, looking at that six game stretch, I mean, you could go to, five and to one to have a legitimate. I mean, you you want at minimum four and two, right? If you give up, I mean, maybe Notre Dame and maybe no, Miami. It's Duke. Well, it's Duke, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought we it's were, Duke. Yeah, so it's I mean, Duke. out of those other five, I mean. Realistically, like I said, I mean we've we've dug ourselves a hole. Like obviously, we're always going to have a chance at the end of the year when it comes to the conference, you know, tournament. But um, mm-hmm. when we get to that point, we're going to know if we're in, if we're on the bubble, or if we're out. So uh, right now, I'm looking at that and I'm saying that we got to win those home games. That minimum, we got to win those home games. And if you know we start off with an at Notre Dame, then you know maybe we go five and one out of the next six, uh, or you know we maybe lose when we don't, we shouldn't. But either way, I think four and two getting us to thirteen and six still keeps us in the running. Because again, I mean, we know what that number is, and our strength schedule is going to be up there. Uh, in yeah, you know, it is. We're, we're, you know, a lot of our numbers are going to be high as far as as far as helping us. I mean, we get um, to play just, Pitt twice, so you know. I don't know what. Yeah, but then we get to play Duke twice. Yeah, we get to play Duke twice, but we only have to play North Carolina once, and we only have to play Virginia once. That's true. So when you play Clemson twice, Clemson's a a team that I think are we're really close in talent. And no, Clemson and Miami are going to be tough. Miami's yeah. always got that. He's got that one three point shooter, even Vasilovich or whatever that he just always hurts us. So, uh, but again, they're home Tech. games. Um, oh, Virginia Tech's going to be tough. That's yeah. without a doubt. So, so again, I anyways, mean, we're, we're spitballing. We're going way ahead. Yeah, but we're but going s- way ahead. Sticking with, sticking with the first six games, we'll take we'll take Notre Dame on Wednesday, and we'll let you know what to expect. But if you can come out of that four and two, you know, that's a good – I think I would, that's what I would we're be okay at, with that. I would, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Five and one would be great. So, right. That um, would be great. But, um, all right, well, we kept it right at an hour. So – that's good, right? That's good. That was a lot in there. So, yeah. um, hey, thanks to, well, thanks, James on guitar. Thanks, Shopping Town Barbershop. Thanks to JP Mulligans. Thank you, Armchair All Americans, my bookie. Thanks hey, to all of you. Huh? You want to do the poll? Poll? I didn't do a poll. Well, I mean, you did a Christmas movie thing, but. Oh, I mean, I oh, you. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> okay, bonus time, everybody. Bonus time. Bonus time. All right. Well, so if you want to hear sports, then you can just stop it now. So we don't. I don't ever post anything on social media that's not Syracuse oriented sports. (laughs) Syracuse, at least Syracuse oriented. And and so, but it was Christmas time. Bah humbug. And it was Christmas Eve, and I saw a lot of people posting all their favorite, their top five favorite Christmas movies. Right. So I posted mine, and they're always subject to change. And I'm trying to even remember what I even put here. I'm trying to scroll through here. Okay. I put, all right, I'm going to go out of order of what I even put just the other day on Christmas Eve. But here they are. And I'll tell you the controversy. Got a lot of feedback on this. 30 comments on Twitter alone. Um, I'm going to go at number five. I'm going home alone. 
Four, Christmas Vacation. Three, The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Two is The Elf with, uh, what's his name there? And um, number one is, it, for me this year, number one was A Christmas Carol, 2009 version with Jim Carrey. It was awesome. It was so good. It was so good. Never seen it. So, uh, well, I had never seen Die Hard. So everybody's telling me, everybody's telling me, oh, you don't have Die Hard on there. Where's Die Hard? Right. How could this list even be legit? You don't even oh, have on Die board. Hard on here. Why? Die, how, is Die Hard a Chris, not, how is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because the whole thing is based around a it, Christmas no, party. It happened. It happens on Christmas Eve. It's at a you got guys blowing party. lines of cocaine. You got people getting their heads blown off. The only guy in the whole movie with a Santa hat on is dead. Dude, that uh, happens at Christmas sometimes. <laughs> Joe, Joe has not a leg to stand on when we're yes, talking about Christmas. No, you don't because I can't even squeeze a Merry Christmas out of you. You're such a Scrooge. You hated the Christmas music. I had I had cut new Christmas music for the show. You hated it. You hated yeah, the festive sleigh bells. At the- <laughs> There's no listen, listen, Gratuitous. listen, listen. People don't get their brains blown out on Christmas. Okay, dude, it happens, bro. Yippee ki yay, hey. mother effer hey. is not hey. a tagline for a Christmas movie. Crip, uh, listen, it is <laughs> if you're a cowboy. Look it. <laughs> Remember Christmas Eve, George Washington, he crossed the river. He did cross the river. He snuck up on some people, and he killed people in their sleep on Christmas. On America Christmas was built mo- On Christmas America morning. America was built on that, and that was Die Hard. That was a rendition, but just in the future. Yeah, but Joe, no one's, no one's made a, a movie about the American Revolution and claimed <laughs> it was a Christmas movie because George Washington crossed the Delaware are, are, you know, on Christmas Eve. And if you allegedly, were, allegedly, he did. What are you talking about? <laughs> allegedly, what do we got? No, conspir- allegedly, no one's made the movie. Oh, look, <laughs> look, no, I'm hold saying. on, hold on. The, the Die Hard could do be I set. Get a top five? Yes, you do. Die Hard could be set anywhere at any time of the year. Does not need to be at Christmas. Every movie I've mentioned is a Christmas themed movie. They can only happen. Those movies can only happen around Christmas. Dude, there's no Christmas carols in the movie. There's none. They sing Let It Snow. Let It Snow is not a Christmas carol. What do it's you a mean? winter song. No, oh, come no. on. And Bruce Willis said so. Bruce Willis Bruce Willis said oh, it's not a Christmas movie. Yes, I did. Oh, that's baloney. No, this is this is a text because I had the same argument with my cousin. Oh, here and we And he go. took your side too. So to be fair, to be fair, just hear me out. Bruce Willis. No said it's not a Christmas movie. Bruce Willis actually weighed in and said, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. It's a GD Bruce Willis movie. Right. Okay. So he said it himself. It's not a Christmas movie. Now well, go. Uh, that's not him let's saying hear it. Now look, this is not to say that Die Hard is not a good movie because I came home on Christmas Eve and I bought it on Amazon and I watched it and I thought it was great. Great movie? <laughs> great movie? Not a Christmas movie. Go ahead, Joe, with your top five. <laughs> okay, I would go. Okay, start with right. five. You got to count up, man. Keep us in okay. suspense. All right, five. I'll go. Uh, Christmas vacation, Chevy Chase. Okay, that's four for me. Okay, keep going. All right, okay. There's a four. I'll go. Uh, Scrooge, Bill Murray. Oh, it's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I didn't see really too much one. of that up there. So I know it's eh. a good one though. Did you read all the comments on on Facebook and Twitter for that? 
for that post? Uh, yeah, I watched some. Yeah, I watched some. Oh, okay. I All saw right. some. Because there was Scrooge, uh, Twi- Scrooge was up there. Right. I'll go uh, I'll go classic Grinch or Still Christmas for the little inkling of Christmas I remember from my childhood. From, just the, from the, a the inkling that you one. didn't shove down deep and, and just <laughs> let fester and set on fire? <laughs> you mean what's all? Number two, Die Hard. Don't say Lethal Weapon. I said Die Hard. Okay, don't say Lethal Weapon for number one, because that's my cousin's. He said Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie. It's not. No, no. My number one is, uh, what is it, Eight Crazy Nights? Oh, Eight Crazy Nights is a Hanukkah movie, Joe. No, it's okay. It's a holiday movie, just because Adam Sandler's Jewish in that. Not everyone in that is Jewish. It's called Eight Crazy Nights. Right, because the main character is Jewish, but technically it's Hanukkah goes on during Christmas, right? No, Hanukkah's it's before a Christmas. Movie. It's a holiday movie. But we're not talking Don't about holiday movies. The other people in the movie was celebrating Christmas. Eight crazy and then, you know, nights. I love yes. that movie. I do. It's a good movie. It is Come on. Yeah, are you really? I mean, that's a better argument than Die Hard. I'll, I will. Come on. Hey, Joe, thank you. You're right. Yeah. It, <laughs> you're right. right. You're absolutely right. It is okay. that is a better argument than Die Hard. I'll give it to you. All Thank right. you. Well, if you've stayed this long, I appreciate it. So I got I got <laughs> I got battered about the Die Hard thing, and I still have to I have yet to find someone to really agree with me. So um, I guess you know I'll stand out on this ledge by myself, guys. You can leave me out here. That's fine. Look, so, it could be a Bruce Willis movie first. It doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie still. Yeah, it's not a Christmas movie. All right. <laughs> but I said thanks to everybody, but especially thanks to you guys. Especially thanks to the 2018 Syracuse football season. Yes. And um, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for participating in fan feedback. Thanks to James on guitar. I'm not going to go through it all great, again. Great. That's yes, it. Yes, we yes. are back. Joe, thank you. Yes. And for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, 
There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.